Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello and welcome, America. It is Eric Erickson here, keeping an eye on the situation in Louisville, Kentucky. Four people have been killed at a shooting in a bank, uh, Old National Bank in Louisville, Kentucky. Eight people transported to police, including two police officers who were shot at the scene, one in critical condition. The shooter also uh, killed the fifth person there at the scene. Uh, they will give us updates here in a little while. It appears that the um, shooter was a former employee of the bank. Um, prayers for those struggling for their lives and the families of those who have been lost. Um, just another tragic Monday. We started uh, what, uh, two Mondays ago with the Nashville shooting. Just a nation in the grips of madness. Now, I, I want to actually deal with the, the prior situation. Uh, Friday, we paused. We focused on Good Friday. My thanks again to Tim Keller, Jason Dees, and uh, Stephen Gadbury for being a part of that program. And for the the many emails I got from just a ton of you, thank you very much. Uh, Also, I got to say thank you very much at the beginning of the show today to um, Rick and Sally, who took Charlie and me to the Masters on Saturday. It was pouring down rain and freezing cold, and it was fantastic. I'm wearing my master's shirt that I got today. Uh, it, it, it Great. I will tell you, I got all the way home on Saturday, went to the grocery store for my wife on the way home, and my car broke. Uh, I'm glad it waited until I got home to break. The steering column had a lock failure. of some, I have no idea. Um, but I went to the grocery store, did the grocery shop, and loaded the cars in the, in the, the groceries into the car, uh, started the car and it immediately turned off and said steering column locked, unable to unlock or some such. Um, so it had to be towed. Now, nonetheless, let's get into the news, uh, beginning with Tennessee. I am a, a believer that the media has participated in the escalation of the absurd politics of the nation right now because the media picks winners and losers so decisively, they've taken away any incentive for anyone outside of the left uh, to do anything other than play to their base because the media is not going to help them. And I want to focus to begin this program on Tennessee. Some of you believe that the white Republicans in the Tennessee State House of Representatives uh, got rid of two black members of the State House and uh, refused to get rid of a white woman, and that is proof of the racism. It was over gun control. That's really not what happened. And I don't blame you for thinking that, in all honesty, because the media has so wildly distorted what actually happened. It's simply not true that two black members of the House were booted and the white woman was spared because she's white and they were black. It is not true that they were booted for protesting gun control, although that's the foundation of why they were booted. Uh, So much of what the media has said is not true. On ABC News this weekend, John Carl had one of the booted members of the Tennessee House and was fawning in praise and, and damning in criticism of the Republicans in Tennessee. Can we just step back and treat this honestly? They were not booted from the Tennessee State House for protesting gun control. 
They were booted for not just violating the rules, but doing so willfully, unapologetically, and then ignoring the sergeant at arms asking them to leave. And if you think otherwise, you are flat out delusional, if not lying. The fact is the two members who were booted refused to apologize, and the white woman who was allowed to stay apologized beforehand and said that her emotions got the better of her. That's why by one vote, she was allowed to stay and was not expelled from the house. The other two were unapologetic and doubled down in their quest for martyrdom and were booted from the House of Representatives. Can we have a rational, responsible, reasonable discussion about this? We have spent more time talking about the trans community as victims than we have spent any time talking about the actual victims of the transgender shooter in Nashville, Tennessee. Vice President Harris went to Nashville. A democracy says you don't silence the people. You do not stifle the people. You don't turn off their microphones when they are speaking So insurrection is okay if you're a Democrat. All right, let's deal with this without flippant remarks from me. Let's just deal with this directly. In Nashville, Tennessee, six people were killed by a transgender shooter with a manifesto that the police have still not released. When news of the shooting broke, Terry Moran of ABC News immediately tied it to Tennessee banning uh, surgeries, transgender surgeries for minors. The rest of the media followed suit. CNN and the broadcast networks spent more time talking about the transgender community being victims than they talked about the actual victims of the shooting in Nashville, Tennessee. Protesters then went to the state legislative building, the state capitol in Nashville, Tennessee, and began protesting, hurling profanity at state legislators and trying to storm past state patrols, trying to storm into the legislative chambers to demand gun control. Three members of the Tennessee House of Representatives, two black men, one white woman, went to the well of the floor in the House of Representatives had sneaked in a bullhorn and began encouraging the chanters, the protesters storming the building and joining them in chants. The Speaker of the House of Representatives banged his gavel and told them to stop. And they refused. And then the Sergeant at Arms of the Tennessee House of Representatives demanded they leave and they did not. And finally, security had to be called to get them to shut up and get them out of the well of the floor. This was not about a gun control protest. This was about three members bringing a bullhorn in and ignoring not just the Speaker of the House, but the sergeant at arms who instructed them to stop. You will note that the Democratic members of the United States House of Representatives demanding that these three be reinstated by the Tennessee legislature are not themselves going to the floor of the U.S. House and defying the the sergeant at arms there. They've arguably, the Republicans have, made these two members martyrs. You've never heard of them until now. And now they're infamous on the left. They are fundraising juggernauts on the left. 
because the left responds to the right the way the right responds to the left. Whenever anybody on the party opposite hates someone, that person is viewed as a hero by that tribe. The Republicans probably should have censored them and not expelled them because it would have allowed the Republicans to take a second step of escalation if the behavior continued again. But they chose not to, and who can really blame them? Because the only thing the Republicans have is to play to their base since the media has decisively turned against them and refused to actually tell what actually happened. The media has picked a side. The media has picked the side of the people who stormed the building. It would be as if CNN, ABC, CBS, and NBC had taken the side of the of the people who stormed stormed the Capitol on January 6th. That's what they did in Wisconsin, in the state legislature there, when uh, progressive activists stormed the building and shut down the legislature. It's what they did in Texas, when progressive activists there stormed the building and shut down the legislature. Now it's happened in Tennessee. The only time, apparently, it's an insurrection is when Republicans do it. When Democrats do it, the media takes their side. John Carl gives them favorable attaboy interviews on ABC and tries to normalize the behavior. This was not about a gun control protest in the Tennessee legislature. It was three members who shut down the business of the House during a meeting and ignored all calls to leave, including from the sergeant at arms. And then they started a fight on the floor of the House and they were booted. The only one who wasn't was the one who apologized. But you're not hearing that from CNN or ABC or CBS or NBC or MSNBC or the New York Times or the Washington Post or probably even your local newscast because they are so in the tank for gun control. They are so in the tank for the left. They can't be accurate and honest in what actually happened. And so the result is Republicans have every incentive to go for broke. But there's something else here as well. The vice president of the United States could not be bothered to go to Nashville, Tennessee, to mourn the dead who died at the hands of a transgender advocate. Instead, the White House press secretary talked about how it's the trans community that's under attack, and they're the real victims. And the president of the United States has not bothered to invite the two police officers who stormed the school and killed the shooter to the White House, but the two members of the Tennessee legislature who got booted for shutting down the business of the House, they're martyrs and they're going to get invited to the White House. So they have every incentive to do this again. The Democrats have no incentive to de-escalate because the media paints them in every case as the good guy. Republicans have no incentive to de-escalate because they know it doesn't matter what they do. They're still going to be the bad guy. So might as well go all out. It's actually offensive to me that the president of the United States has chosen not to honor the police officers who stopped a school shooting from continuing in Nashville, but will honor the two members of the Tennessee House who behaved just like the bison-helmeted brain biblical donkey in Washington, D.C., who the White House made sure went to jail. So the people who shut down the legislature using a bullhorn, ignoring the rules and ignoring the sergeant-at-arms will be treated as heroes. The two actual heroes, the two police officers who shot the shooter in Nashville, will be ignored. The vice president of the United States could not be bothered to go mourn the dead, but will go to Nashville to encourage and embolden 
the people who the media would call insurrectionists if they were Republicans. There are no grown-ups here seeking calm. Every side is seeking partisan advantage. What is actually kind of infuriating to me are the people I consider reasonable who have just bought hook, line, and sinker the media story here that the Republicans booted these two men from the state legislature because they were championing gun control. That's not true at all. And if you think that's true, you are deluded willfully or otherwise. Yeah, look, if I had to do it, if I were in charge, if I were the Speaker of the Tennessee House, I would go with censorship, not expulsion first, on the reason that if you expel the very first time, well, then they're just going to expect expulsion every time. So next time they protest, they're going to say, well, they're just going to expel us. And guess what? Our local government's going to reinstate us. In fact, that's what's going to happen is these individuals are going to be reinstated by their local city councils where they live. Had the Republicans censored first, in, censured instead of booted, they would not have made these two fundraising juggernauts. They would have not have made them martyrs. They still would have uh, punished them to some degree and would have left room for expulsion in the future. And while I would have done that, and while I take that position, I don't blame them for doing what they did because the media wasn't going to handle it fairly anyway. They might as well. These guys clearly were asking for some level of martyrdom, so you might as well boot them. And yes, they knew going into this, the Republicans did, that the local governments where these two were going to be booted from were going to reinstate them. Everyone gets in on the act. What I find notable and troubling more than anything else, however, is the genuine lack of honesty from the major media outlets on what actually happened. Now, I'm not surprised by it. I expect it. But I continue to believe we as a society actually for a functioning, healthy democracy, need a free press. And we do not have a free press in this country. We have a press hijacked and captive by the left and in utter contempt of the right. And they have no interest, no willingness, no desire to accurately cover the news if they can instead malign Republicans. The result is Republicans have no reason to deal with the press, nor to even attempt to seem reasonable because they know they're going to get attacked anyway. Thus, we spiral further and further apart as a nation. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. Uh, I don't mean to be needlessly provocative. I don't. Uh, and, and I need to say that. What I'm about to say will come off as provocative or trollish to some people, and I really don't mean it that way. The left says we need gun control. We need to restrict guns. We need to ban the further production of um, rifles. They call them assault rifles, AR-15s they mean, arm light 15s. Restrict purchases, things like that. Here's a problem. You're not going to pass gun control out of this Congress. It's not going to happen. Republicans control the House and have a filibuster in the Senate, so it's not going to happen. You're not going to get meaningful gun restrictions in this country because a conservative Supreme Court will strike them down. 
And let's say you could get a assault rifle ban for lack of the, you know, there's no such thing as an assault rifle, but that's what they call it. You know what I'm talking about, an assault rifle ban. The reality is we have more guns in this country than people. No one at any level has proposed a handgun buyback, and handguns are where most of the gun violence in this country comes from. There is a constitutional right to own handguns in this country, so you can't get rid of them. So my counterproposal is more guns, not less guns. And I know it sounds trollish to people, and I know it sounds insensitive at times of mass shootings to say, but here's my thinking. We're not going to get rid of guns in this country. We didn't after Sandy Hook. We didn't after Parkland. We didn't after Uvalde. We didn't after Nashville. We're not now after Louisville. We're not getting rid of them. And so we should figure out new ways instead of saying gun buyback programs like Australia and New Zealand, which would be unconstitutional in this country, or passing restrictions on the future purchase of guns when so many present guns out there won't be taken away and can't be taken away. We should be encouraging more lawful gun ownership and training in this country. We should be encouraging people to take classes to learn how uh, weapons management We should be encouraging people to take responsibility for themselves and others, incentivizing and funding gun training programs, gun control programs. By control, I mean the control of the gun, not the restriction of purchases. We have to think about things differently. What other countries do will not work in this country. We have a Second Amendment, and they don't. We have more guns in the population and circulation than we have people in this country. We must think differently instead of just screaming about taking away guns when we know where that is not going to happen. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-973-7425. I just, you know what, because I don't really want to talk about this topic, but guns and whatnot. um, Let me just say first that uh, my friends Rick and Sally took Charlie and me over to the Masters on Saturday. And so I I feel Tiger Woods pain, literally. I have plantar fasciitis and have for a while and had mostly um, gotten past it and then uh, more than a, about a month and a week or two ago, right before the beginning of March, was in the gym and hurt my heels um, jumping rope, of all things, and cannot walk well. I mean, I, I walk like a 90-year-old shuffling my feet, and I, I keep getting new shoes and trying different shoes, and I've tried all the stretch. My gosh, I've tried every stretch known to man, and they just hurt. Like, my tendons, they burn. The heels feel like I got somebody stabbing them. And then in that mud on Saturday, I slipped and that just made it even worse. It was, I I had sitting hurts, standing hurts, everything hurts. So I feel Tiger Woods pain. I've tried icing. I've tried hot. I've tried stretches. I've tried, I just, at some point, like, can I just get somebody to like stab my heels with needles and and put like painkillers directly in or something? It hurts. I feel for Tiger Woods. I really do. Um, it is just an it is an awful pain, and it's chronic, nonstop. Doesn't matter how you sit, how you stand, it just hurts. 
Um, seeing him hobble on the golf course, I was like that trying to walk uphill. Uh, finally had to go sit for a little while. I just, it, it, it's bad. But I still enjoyed myself. It was wonderful. It was gorgeous. Even in the mud and the rain and the cold. I will tell you this, though. I have heard people talk about this, but now I've lived this life. You know, men, and I'm talking specifically to the married men at this moment. Men, do you know how your wife, because it's typically it's wives and girlfriends who do this. They go to a store and they see a buy one, get one half off. And they think they're getting a deal by getting the second one. Even though they're paying more, they went in to buy one, but the second one's half off, so they think they're getting a steal by getting both of them. And then if they buy three of them, they actually get points that they will never use, but they're going to get points, and so they do this. This is what it's like shopping in the master store. You spend less than 20 bucks to gorge on pimento cheese sandwiches all day, and then next thing you know, you're out 1000 bucks in the gift shop, and you've only been there for 10 minutes. It was the most amazing thing. And what I found remarkable is that, and I don't know how they, they, they factor this stuff in, but the stuff that you actually might legitimately need is really reasonably priced. Everything else is just through the roof expensive. So, for example, if you want a master chair, they, they require certain sorts of chairs be used that won't tear up the grass. And you can buy them, those chairs, in the gift shop at the master's. And they're only 35 bucks. They're nice folding chairs, last forever, and they're 35 bucks. The umbrella, they had the big golf umbrella, 20 bucks. 20 bucks. But you want a shirt, you're probably spending like $120 on a shirt. You want a cap, you're probably spending 40 bucks on a cap. All the necessary things are really reasonably priced. It's all the add-ons. You want the wall art? It's expensive. You want the shirt? It's expensive. You want the golf towel? It's expensive. The golf cover? Holy Lord, is it expensive. But the umbrellas and the chairs? Really well-priced. The pimento cheese, the snacks, the drinks? Really well-priced. I mean, I got a handful of chocolate chip cookies and moon pies for my kids and spent maybe 10 bucks. It just, it, I I was amazed at the economies and, and the pricing system and the flawlessness of everything. The, the grass is a perfect color green, and if it's not in one area, they're going to paint it. The quartz, it's not sand traps. It's ground quartz to get the perfect shade of white. It, it, the water is, is a perfect color to reflect the grass and the crowd for the perfect photo opportunities. They have this air and heating system that runs under the fairways and the greens and can suck out water and heat and cool and help the azaleas bloom. It's just mind-blowing. And I got to say one last thing before I move on. How is it that QAnon and all the, the, the LaRouche conspiracists, the 9-11 conspiracy theorists, how do they not rope Augusta National into these conspiracies? Because you don't really know who's a member. It's highly elite, private, and rich. Uh, and it's, it's one of those things ripe for conspiracy. And the only thing I can think is that everyone wants to go to the Masters, and they are afraid that the Masters will blackball them and they'll never be able to go if they rope them into these conspiracy theories. I mean, when you think about it, you got like the Fortune 100 CEOs, Bill Gates and others, they're all members of Augusta National, a cloistered existence, if you will. 
How is it that Augusta National hasn't made it into the conspiracy theories? And my theory is that everyone wants to go to the Masters. And so no one's going to rope them into conspiracy theories lest they be blackballed. I personally am ready to go back. It was gorgeous. And I would love to go uh, when the azaleas are blooming and the weather is good. Maybe one day I'll have the opportunity to go back to Brickman's Lane or whatever where I can actually sit down and have a, a nice meal and, and use the putting greens. That play. I'm just, y'all, it, it's hard to express. And what you do not see on television is this. There's not a flat surface in the playing area. There are no flat areas. The ball is either above your feet or below your feet at every single time. It we, you, you do not, on television, understand how hilly that course is. It just, it was remarkable. It was so well done. And the people were the nicest people on planet Earth. Every single person, including the security guards telling you not to do certain things, were the nicest, politest, most genteel people. The gift shop people, every little thing that you could possibly think of that you needed, was it was there. It was reasonably priced if it was actually a real need. And I was amazed. It is Disney World for golf. Just absolutely incredible, including the piping in of the sounds of the birds because they use hawks to get rid of the squirrels. There are no squirrels. Consequently, because of the hawks, apparently there aren't a lot of birds. So around the tee boxes, they've also got an acoustic track so Jim Nance can hear the birds when he's narrating the match. It was just fascinating. All right. Now, having said that, it's time to move back into the difficult situations, but I want to take a different angle on it. We are in a period of political escalation in the country. And in this period of political escalation, Republicans don't have any incentive to do differently than what they're doing as much as the media demands they do differently. Think about it. The media is captured by the left. So whenever something happens, the left is always portrayed as the good guy or the victim. There is no way for Republicans to get a fair hearing in the National Press Corps anymore outside of Fox News. Let's talk about the debt ceiling because we are headed to a debt limit crisis. And the reality is Republicans know they're going to get the blame no matter what. So what Republicans must do since they are going to get the blame no matter what is they must hold their base. They must hold their base and they must make sure their base is happy and loyal. Republicans want spending cuts. Now, you can say they're hypocritical because of how much they spent when Trump was president, and that's a fair criticism. Republicans only care about the debt when Democrats are in charge of the White House. But at the same time, you must fairly and honestly, I think, talk about the Republicans and the Democrats spending and how when Joe Biden became president, the Democrats decided to up the spending even more, so much so that even Democratic economists like Larry Summers were telling them you're going to provoke inflation. And also we have this massive national debt around $30 trillion. Interest rates are going up. The debt service payments are going to be huge. Republicans have a legitimate ask to save money. But the media is not going to give you that because the media has decided Republicans are always bad. Democrats are always good. So if Republicans cave at all on the debt ceiling, if Republicans offer a reasonable compromise that Joe Biden would accept, from CNN to the broadcast networks to the newspapers of the day, 
The headline will be that Joe Biden has led and Republicans have caved. Joe Biden will get the good, reasonable compromise and be heralded as the hero and the leader. Republicans will be cast as the cavers, which will alienate them from their base. Doesn't matter what Republicans do. If they do a clean debt ceiling increase, they will have caved. Joe Biden will be the hero. If they do a reasonable compromise, Joe Biden accepts. They will have caved. Joe Biden will be the hero. The only thing Republicans can do is demand cuts that Joe Biden refuses to accept so that Joe Biden is forced to be seen as caving. Republicans will be the bullies and the bad guys. Joe Biden will have to make sacrifices. Joe Biden will be forced into an unfortunate position. He will be made the victim by the media, but it doesn't matter. Republicans will see that their side held the line, and Joe Biden is the one who caved. Republicans have no other choice. The National Press Corps has made it so that the Republicans must go for broke on the debt ceiling, pun intended, or they're going to look like the bad guys and the losers. Republicans want to be seen as winning by their base. The only way to do that, given the media narration, is to make Joe Biden cave. We may go off the cliff before Joe Biden caves, but the Republicans will want him to cave. We see this on transgenderism. Republicans might be willing to find a more reasonable path than flat-out bans and criminalization of surgeries for minors, possibly. The public is largely on their side, but the media is not. The Republicans have no reason to find any sort of moderating position on this because no matter what moderating position Republicans do, as long as they're still in favor of any sort of restrictions, the media will declare them bad, hateful, bigoted, transphobes who need to be punished. So why not go for broke? The same is true on guns. Did you know that Joe Biden signed a gun control measure? Do you even remember the media covering the gun control measure that Joe Biden decided to advance? He signed this law in June of last year, June 25th. The legislation passed the House. It included incentives for states to pass red flag laws. It expanded laws that prevent people convicted of domestic abuse from owning a gun to include dating partners, not just spouses and former spouses. It expanded background checks on people 18 to 21. The NRA opposed the bill. Joe Biden signed the bill, and you will note he's not getting any credit right now at all for it. Why? Because there's no reason to give him credit on this. There's no reason to credit him because it didn't work to stop more gun control. It didn't didn't stop him from being able to uh, stop more recent shootings. And so they've moved they've moved the goalposts. They'll pretend this bill doesn't exist. They'll pretend Democrats did nothing because they're just going to want more. They're going to want more. They're going to want more. And the result is Republicans have no incentive to offer them more because some Republicans caved on this measure and allowed the Democrats to get this through, and it's the Republicans who are still being attacked as having done nothing. If the Republicans are going to get attacked for doing nothing, if the Republicans are going to get attacked no matter what they do, if the Republicans are going to get attacked for any hint of moderation, why bother? Might as well go for broke on all counts. Might as well go for broke on every issue. There is no incentive for Republicans to try to be reasonable in the eye of the press because the press is too beholden to Democrats. 
If you want to understand why we are in the state we are in as a country right now, that has a lot to do with it. The press will never accept its complicity. The press will never acknowledge that it played a role in this, but it absolutely did. And I can tell you from my conversations with Republicans on the debt ceiling, they're all of this mind that they have no incentive whatsoever to do anything other than demand cuts from Joe Biden, because if they do anything else, they'll be made to look the fool and it will hurt them with their base because the media will only and always praise Joe Biden and the Democrats or make Joe Biden and the Democrats look like the victims. That's just the reality. Republicans as well have outside groups like Patriot Mobile helping them. You should take your cell phone service to Patriot Mobile, and you can do it by going to patriotmobile.com slash eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Why should you do it? Because they're a Christian conservative company that funds Christian conservative causes around America. The Second Amendment movement, the pro-life movement, conservative parents battling wokes on school boards. Patriot Mobile funds them. The left hates them. Not a week goes by that the left is not attacking Patriot Mobile because it's been so successful. The left got in on this game years ago, and now the right has started it at Patriot Mobile, and the left is beside themselves that we could do this. And all you have to do is call Patriot Mobile at 972-PATRIOT, 100% U.S.-based customer service, 972-PATRIOT, or go online to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You move your existing cell phone number to them, or you can get a new one from them. Not only that, but they use the same cell towers you're probably already using. You get great discounts if you're a veteran, an NRA member, a first responder, a teacher, parent with multiple lines. They might be able to save you some money. You're going to get guaranteed great service. You're going to help fund the conservative movement, and you're going to do business with people who actually want your business, a Christian conservative cell phone provider. There are many who claim to be. There's only one that actually is, Patriot Mobile. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Don't forget to text DATA to 33777. Sign up for the daily email. You get the show notes, exclusive interviews, videos from the show, so much more. Uh, Text DATA to 33777. Have you all heard this? Did you see it? This was Saturday Night Live. They did this. Saturday Night Live, of all things, did this. These days, it's hard not to feel stressed out and overwhelmed. Sure, Trump got indicted, but now everyone says the case against him is weak and that he'll never serve any jail time. As someone whose entire personality is hating Donald Trump, you need more. You need to feel calm and reassured. You need the newest meditation app, CN Zen. The only app that suits even the most militant liberals with sensual details from Trump's arrest, featuring your favorite CNN anchors and correspondents. He's the first American president to ever be indicted. This is truly a historic and humiliating moment. Trump is a sad, defeated man. They made him come from Florida, where it's 80 degrees, to New York, where it's only 60 degrees. How depressing for him. And his motorcade wasn't even that big. I thought it would be bigger, but it was so small. Donald was all alone. No family or friends to support him. I shouldn't say this as a journalist, but... What a loser. Let New York Times reporter Maggie Haberman soothe you to sleep. This is his worst nightmare, and he's really freaking out. Because now he knows there are consequences. Consequences. You can also listen to clips of Trump and his allies desperately spiraling. Please, Donald J. Trump is an innocent man, and he needs your help. Send him all your money today at Donald J. Trump, R-U, slash, fundraising scam dot guilty. 
same-sex court appearance won't be till at least December. That's why CNZN has a whole section of Trump indictment ASMR. Can you hear him getting fingerprinted? <laughs> it goes on for a little while longer. But the fact that they are even at SNL poking fun of the left needing their Trump hatred to get through the day. Uh, actually, I was I was surprised. It was very, very funny, very well done. Also roping in CNN. Uh, just the, the, the level of obsession the left has with getting Donald Trump. And now to realize just how bad the actual case is, what's so notable, what is so interesting to me is on the Sunday shows, this comes a, a week after the indictment has been revealed and Trump has been arraigned how very little conversation there was on the Sunday shows. They covered it, just not as much as you would think. And virtually everyone, left, right, and center, all acknowledged what a weak, weak case it is. They're already pivoting to other stuff, which tells you everything you need to know about this case. And Republicans, of course, fretting that all it does is help keep Donald Trump in the limelight so the party can't move on. 